Hey guys, and thanks for joining us at i80 Sports. I'm Bob. This is Steve. Today, we're talking about news and notes from around the week. This is November 11th, 2020, and you're watching i80 Sports. We are now heading into week 10. More than halfway through the NFL season, about two-thirds of the way through the fantasy season. And me and Steve are going to talk about some uh, improvements, some disappointments in the running back position. At the end, we're going to recap some uh, rookie and and young quarterbacks because there was an amazing game this week that involved two of them. And there's another two amazing games this week that include these young guys going up against each other. Really, really mm-hmm. well to see. But first, let's just jump right into it. Running backs, there's good, there's bad, there's ugly. And the first one I want to talk about is Dalvin Cook, Steve. Oh yeah. Oh man. I, 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 I mean, the guy, I, I was, I was listening to an interesting stat and every game that he's played in this past, uh, the, the, the season, he's scored at least two touchdowns. Mm. Yeah. So the question is, does he make the case for the one one for next season? Um, he has been the one one this season, 193.1 half PPR points, 27.6 on average is the number one against running back, wide receiver, tight end, all the flex positions. Mm-hmm. Only Kyler, Russell Wilson, and Dak Prescott have scored more on a per-game basis than Dalvin Cook, and it helps when you're healthy, when you're on the field, when mm-hmm. you're playing every game. I would I would agree. I would agree that, yeah. Really, it's more valuable to be on the field than off the field. Thank you. you know, also, also the fact that, you know, yeah, you're making a very strong case of why he should be the, um, why he should be the 101 in 2021. Now, let's like, go to your argument. He hasn't played against many great defenses. He was limited to 71 total yards against Indy and 70 total yards against Seattle. Um, he is obviously not game script proof, um, but he has about 20 rushing attempts per game. However, at 2.3 receptions per game, um, Vikings just don't pass to the running back. So I think Dalvin Cook has, has been ex- excellent this season, but he is a little touchdown dependent. And that's exactly kind of what you talked about before he has. <laughs> I mean, before he had 13 gotten hurt. Touchdowns, 13 yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, but you know, uh, I, I I've got to argue against the Seattle game because um, because he was hurt before halftime. He had seventy yards before halftime, and then he got hurt. So that that's the argument that I Don't make. Mess but, with but, my but, I said it. I meant it. <laughs> seventy yards. No I mean, I mean, but but you you're making a great case against the indie game, and you know every run every running back always has that one just bad game, and you know 71, 71 total yards against Indy. Indy, no, that's not a good that's not a good stat line. But it's not, but you know every every good running back has those days. Well, he's played Houston, Green Bay twice. Mm-hmm. Detroit in really the first Green Bay game he only got a 50 rushing yards so I just he's not there for me yet however if you drafted him you're rolling with him you're happy with what you've gotten thus far I don't think there's any question in there and we're gonna move on to someone who maybe you're not too happy with if you drafted and that is uh your guy Steve <laughs> yeah I'm going in the opposite direction and and you know while you're going to be talking about running backs who are doing well I'm going to be talking about running backs who have not been doing so well and my first guy is Zeke now um 
the now here's the thing uh, you know at the beginning of the season he was gangbuster like between between 17 and 24 points a game you know and he's at and and on sleeper in in the ppr format he is still currently the number five running back but let's look at his last four games in week six against the cardinals 12 points that goes with two that goes with two fumbles so that so that's four points that that were left on the table there if, if he hadn't fumbled twice 16 points you'd say that that that's respectable agree or disagree i i agree yeah that would have been mm-hmm. a pretty good game um week seven this is where the struggles really started happening 6.1 points versus washington week eight eight point three points um versus philadelphia week nine eight point nine points versus pittsburgh like he's uh, i uh, it's so i i'm not worried about those stats so much for the player and here's why the last three games that you mentioned washington philly pittsburgh his targets were two two and three his receptions were one one and two his total receiving yardage was 34 yards over three games. That's not going to cut it. I do kind of see some connection there with his value and his targets in the past game because Mm -hmm. he hasn't broken 100 yards on the ground so far this season. Um, He -hmm. is getting the touches. The one thing that I would say is the red flag is that although, you know, we talked about the offensive line hasn't been very good. They're (laughs) 20 dollars in this backfield. Yeah. Yeah, five total fumbles this season for Zeke is not something you look for out of one of those elite guys. He suddenly mm-hmm. has fumble problems. He has yards per attempt problem. He's been mm-hmm. all over for up to four point seven eight was his high against Giants. Mm-hmm. Go figure. And uh, two point eight three was not his low. It was actually a two point four three against Seattle. So <laughs> it's just it's been the whole gambit for Zeke Elliott. Elliott, we got to move on. And I want to talk about someone who came back last week. Uh, kind of the story of the week, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I said, if he plays, he's a hundred percent go. There were a lot of people in the fantasy community saying, let's hold back. I'm not sure if you just start him or not, which is always the wrong thing to do with a player like Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. He was back. He was a 100% 18 rushes for 61 yards and a touchdown, 10 grabs for 82 and a touchdown. He, there were only three <laughs> carries on this team for any other running back. So he came in day one. The only time was when he was out of breath. He wasn't on the field. Um, Panthers mm-hmm. lost 31-33 to Chiefs, which, uh, hey, guys, Panthers, Chiefs, what is going on here? Chiefs have been playing <laughs> low in the last couple of weeks, and Panthers have been, apparently, they're frisky. They're, they're a team that's going to go out and, and punch you in the face. I think they were they were up by at least 10 points early on. Um, really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, yeah. The, Panther, the Panthers took an early lead, and people were like, oh, my goodness. I mean, the, the red zone announcer was like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? Kansas City Chiefs, and it's just like... Well, when there are two NFL teams playing each other and you see a 14-point <laughs> line, guess what? Attack it, attack it, mm-hmm. attack it. Okay. Um, yeah, so it looks like he got injured again, and there he might actually miss another game, but it is with a completely different injury. I think it's a mm-hmm. shoulder this week. Yeah, it's shoulder. shoulder. Um, so, again, Christian McCaffrey, if you see a guy, anyone, miss multiple weeks, go on the IR, he's not coming back until he's 100% in any case. So just learn your lesson, move on, and and do it better next time. Uh, Christian McCaffrey for the uh, Panthers. If he starts, you start him. Exactly. Okay, next guy. Next up, Todd Gurley. Running back six in half PPR through nine weeks on pace for 283 carries for 1,038 yards and 16 touchdowns, adding 27 grabs for 140. Now, that is just the 16-game projection. 
Mm-hmm. Is this a resurgence situation? Is this someone you trust moving forward? Um, I'd have to look at his schedule, but I, I would, um, I, I mean, he's been the guy he is. He has looked good. He's been the guy. Like, I will answer the question for you then. Yes. You start him every chance you get. Um, I <laughs> so, so many fantasy leagues and this is what I drafted. I drafted, I got him late. He was, um, I think he was running back 14 on my big board, but he was on mm-hmm. low to mid 20s on other big boards. So just because of where I ranked him, I ended up owning him in most places just by following my draft order. And uh, mm-hmm. it paid off. Uh, again, he's running back six on the season. He's been a little touchdown dependent. I will admit that yardage is a little low. Um, we say that over a thousand yard season, but Garley, of course, earlier in his career was, you know, Mm-hmm. gangbusters just winning winning people's season but barring injuries Todd Gurley's a guy you got to start he's a guy you got to own he's a guy you got to look for okay now one more guy that we're a little low on and Steve you're gonna lead us off here yeah um th- this might come as a surprise to some people but I'm actually kind of down on Kareem Hunt I've been kind of disappointed in him because Nick Chubb went down in week four and you know he had a good game against the Cowboys but everybody's been having a good game against the Cowboys and everyone's like oh he's gonna be such a fantasy stud you know and you know but the numbers actually kind of tell a little bit of a different story because you know yeah yes he had a good week in in week five against the Colts where he had 18.3 fantasy points but then in week six against pittsburgh he he actually busted and um and only had seven seven and then you know he rebounded in cincinnati where he had 19 but then against the raiders he busted he busted bad because the raiders have not been a terribly good run defense they're kind of in the middle and and you know, he only had 9.3. He didn't crack 10, you know, and, and Chubb's coming back this week. Now, this is actually kind of a little bit of an optimism because because in the in the small sample size that we've had of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb playing together, they actually both pan out well fantasy-wise. They play better together. Mm-hmm. They play better together rather than one individual, except for Chubb. Uh, I, 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 will, um, I will stand by this because we do have an eight-game sample size last year of Nick Chubb playing without Kareem Hunt, and he was a baller. And so I think that I think that the presence of Nick Chubb actually helps cream hunt and so and and actually um in my main dynasty league where i have hunt and um chubb i'm actually starting both of them this week all right yeah i i could see uh the case for that too i do like cream hunt what I, what i don't like is how seldom he's being used in the past game he has 25 targets for 18 receptions he's been very good on the ground 115 uh attempts for 529 and three touchdowns the touchdowns are too low the receiving numbers are too low. That's what we got to pump up. And hey, more first downs from Chubb means more receptions for Hunt, right? Can we agree mm-hmm. there? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So hopefully Kareem Hunt might maybe turning the door. But yeah, absolutely. Definitely not the uh, every week start. And it turns out that, hey, there are some guys, the starter goes down. Someone else takes the workload. There's sometimes where you just can't put up those same numbers. And Hunt apparently isn't that guy. He's not going to be the Chase Edmonds where he's just going to just ball out if the starter goes down. So exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to keep an eye on moving forward. Okay. Next up, someone I'm very hopeful for Deandre Swift, finally taking the lead in Detroit <laughs> backfield. Um, 13 rushes for 64 yards, three receptions for 11 uh, for 33. Not exactly what we call like that elite number one 
spot, but Adrian Peace, Adrian Peterson down to 11 touches, carry on Johnson down to four touches. If you add those together, it's 15 swift finally out touched the rest of the backfield um, combined trending in the right direction. Now this game was against the Vikings. They are soft. They're 20th against the run this season, but looking forward, Washington up next week, they're 23rd against the run, giving up 128.6 yards per game. Hopefully, We'll see Swift break that 100-yard barrier. Um, and another soft running back opponent, maybe it, it's even going to be a coming-out party for uh, DeAndre Swift. I'm uh, going to look to start him maybe in daily. Washington <laughs> Panthers and Texans are um, a great three-game run. So if you can get Swift low, I know we're approaching that trade deadline, but if you can look to get him on your roster, I think the next three weeks are going to be a go. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean... I've been starting Swift in, in our league of record and I have not regretted it. Like he is, he, he I, I was saying this a couple weeks ago that this guy is going to be a baller. And, and, you know, when we were talking about schedule, out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I, I kind of see what Matt Patricia is doing there with the whole two running back system, uh, you know, or the whole running would see which running back is working. Cause even carry on Johnson is getting some work. Um, he had a, he had a that, touchdown. That's something know. that coaches that don't know what they have do. Yeah. No, you know what you have. Just, just play the guy. Yeah, we're we're going to hurt AP's feelings. He's, he's making money. Oh no no no! He, it hurts his feelings. Remember when? Remember when? Um, um, what's his name? Um, Gruden. Remember when Gruden in Washington last year benched AP Week One, and then oh, oh man, he was not happy about that. <laughs> Paycheck speak. Let him walk. Who cares? Okay, you got to get your stud out there. What's is Detroit going for the Super Bowl this year? No, just run him out. Just, just get rid of him. Except you got a guy who you're a little disappointed in this year. So I was originally going to go with Melvin Gordon um, because he has really underperformed and, 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 you know, Philip Lindsay, you know, he does, he's not gotten paid yet, but he's the one that's playing better right now, but I'm actually going to go with Jonathan Taylor. This is, this is a running back that has been hyped up to the max. The offensive line for the Colts have been hyped up to the max. And what has he done? He hasn't cracked 20 points in in um not even in PPR. He has not cracked 24, I mean 20 points. The closest he came was week two in Minnesota where he scored 19 exactly. Against you know, Minnesota, and you can kind of throw those stats out because yeah. you know, you know Naeem Naeem Hines is um is, is performing, it, it, you know, keeps on getting run. And then, you know, obviously Jordan obviously Wilkins apparently. Yeah. Apparently Jordan Wilkins is a thing. And then, and then against Detroit, Detroit, which is not a good run defense. You know, he only had five points, but apparently he was playing hurt. But, but you know, against Baltimore, oh man, he had the fumble, and then and he if was put in the doghouse. No I don't want to hear he was hurt. He was hurt. I don't care. It, it, yeah, well, yeah. But, but you know, the thing is, is that this guy, this guy was so hyped. He was he was people were wondering why the Chiefs drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire over Jonathan Taylor. And by the way, quick aside, are you disappointed in Clyde Edwards Hilaire yet? I, I don't own him anywhere. I I, I hyped him all preseason, but mm-hmm. I just I had him at a more realistic spot. So I think I had him maybe on my big board as like running back seven. And other people had him up at four or five. So mm-hmm. it just never happened that I got him. So no, I'm not disappointed. Uh in him because I, it's not my problem, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was Jonathan Taylor for sure. And and I talked about that. I think like week four, I already talked about 
him. Naeem Hines was getting touches. Jordan Wilkins was getting touches. Like they're just pulling practice squad squad guys up at this point. Mm, well, 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 Wilkins, well, way, Wilkins has been on the team for a while. Yard to carry. Mm. Yeah, I mean. It's almost like it's almost like Marlon Mack would have been a better run this year. Oh, that I, I'm absolutely a thousand percent, a, a thousand percent true. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing with these Colts. I mean, I guess they they wanted to prove, but again, three point nine yards per attempt, uh, eight point nine yards per reception, catching ninety five point two percent of his balls. Get Jonathan Taylor the rock. It's not going to happen. This isn't yeah. the year. Whatever. <laughs> it go, Steve. Uh, I mean, wow. I mean, I own stock in Jonathan Taylor in a couple of leagues, so I can't really let it go. <laughs> All right, next up, young quarterbacks balling out. Dolphins, Cardinals, they dueled last week. Ends up with Tua. 20 of his 28 passes were completed for 248, two touchdowns. Added seven rushes for 35 yards against Kyler Murray. 21 of 26 for 283, three touchdowns. 11 for 106 and a rushing touchdown. Both added significant rushing upside in big moments. Both had about equal yardage, about equal pass attempts. Mm-hmm. Neither one had a, sen- a single interception. Yeah, it was it, it it was really a good matchup. Like I really, uh, um, when I was watching it on Red Zone in between the Cowboys and Steelers game, which gave me so many heart palpitations. You just said this is the future. <laughs> this is the future of the NFL. This is this is this is the this is the future of the NFL because we've got so many good young quarterbacks, you know, and we're going to be talking about a matchup that's going to be coming up this week between another two young up and comers. We will, but first, I want to talk about fantasy implications around these guys Mm -hmm. because the one thing I saw about Tua, he spreads the ball around. Not Mm. great for fantasy. Preston Williams and Mac Holland with the touchdowns. No receiver over sixty-five yards. Seven players got receptions and nine players got targets for the mm-hmm. Dolphins. So I, I think while we like Tua, it may not be great for all the weapons around him. And mm-hmm. uh, as for the Cardinals, Christian Kirk got five receptions, 123 yards, and three uh, and a touchdown. Chase Edmonds, 25 rushes for 70 yards and three catches for 18 yards. DeAndre Hopkins. Three for 30. He got a case of the Xavier Howards. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, he did. It, it, um, you know, there were there was there were rumors that Christian Kirk was going to be traded this offseason. Man, man, they need to be glad that they kept him because wow, like Christian Kirk Christian Kirk, he's he's not nuke, but he is he is re- he has really saved the um saved the Cardinals quite a bit this season. While there are many fantasy implications in this game, the number one one is if Hopkins can get shut down by Howard, no one is safe when it comes to Howard. If you know for sure Howard is going to uh, pick one wide receiver over the other, if he's going to be game planned to shadow, Mm -hmm. you got to kind of look at that and say, hey, three for 30. I have anyone else on my bench can put up (laughs) four and a half points. Yeah, because because like I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is easily one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and for him to just get the cases of the Xavier Howard was just wow. Now the matchup that I want to talk about involving two young quarterbacks was going to be the Dolphins Chargers who play this week. It's going to go oh, to a, up against Justin Herbert. Now Justin Herbert has been uh, nothing short of amazing so far this year. I'm going to pull up his stats. Um, he is on pace, his per 16 
would be about 4,905 yards, 40 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That ratio is something we don't normally see with those elite quarterbacks. So he's thrown a few more picks than usual, but let's see what he's adding on the ground. 380 rushing yards and five touchdowns. Again, we're just looking at per 16 averages. I think the sample size seven games is big enough where we can start to extrapolate down. Um, Awesome for Justin Herbert. And Tua is actually the opposite story. He balled out this past week, but the previous week, he didn't need to do much to win. No. So I think while we see, you know, two amazing young quarterbacks, we see them in very different positions. Herbert of the Chargers mm-hmm. needs to be the guy. He needs to step up. He needs to produce offensively. While Tua, he can throw when things aren't quite going their way. But mm-hmm. once Gaskin's healthy and, and the game script is turning in their direction, um, that team has got some talent on defense too. I think yeah. Tua can sit back and, and not need to be the guy. So um between this matchup if you, if you had to choose a winner right now who do you pick oh but, um man i see as much as i want to say herbert and the chargers i can't because the char because herbert has done everything in his power to get these chargers in positions to win and that defense keeps on getting um letting them down like it's it's the uh, Lynn. Uh, I love Anthony Lynn, but I don't think he's surviving this season. Oh, he is. He's he's an offensive guy. It's not his fault. New new defensive coordinator. You got some guys coming back from injury there, and you will be okay. Keep in mind, if you look at the guys who are out, um, their best defensive players missed the whole season. I know, but you know, Chris still, Harris, Derwin James. You got tons of guys who are going to come in and step in and make a difference. So I'm not quite worried that much about a 2020 coach firing against Anthony Lynn, one of the best guys. But, but this is dating. But this is dating back to this is dating back not just not just this season. This is like we have three or four seasons worth of sample size. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I, I, don't I am think he's on the hot seat. I think they know that they're in a rebuild and they're going to do what they have to do. Now, um, if I had to pick a team right now, I would pick the Dolphins. However, the one thing I want to talk about, Xavier Howard, we talked about that shutdown corner. Is it Keenan Allen? Is it Mike Williams? Do you do we know? Do we, I think he's going to be on Keenan Allen, but he might just be on Mike I'll, Williams. I'll, I think that, that the fact I'll say that this two elite wide receiver threats is going to make this a, a challenge. I'll say this. Um, if if Xavier Howard um is matched up against Keenan Allen, I give the advantage to Keenan Allen. If it's Mike Williams, I give the advantage to Xavier Howard because Keenan Allen, he he's been up against some of the best shutdown corners in the NFL, and he still and he breaks ankles, as the so kids by, say. By your math, then we can say that New Hopkins is not better than Keenan Allen. I've been saying for years and years and years, even before I was on, even before I was on I eighty Sports, that Keenan Allen is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and I stand and and I and there is data to back that up, and I and I have never backed down from it. I think that I think that Keenan Allen should be in the conversation year in and year out as a type as a top five wide receiver, and and in some ways I think he is better than New Coppins. Okay, I I don't necessarily disagree but i kind of disagree we have one last set of news and notes that you want to go to um you were kind of butthurt over some comments we made on sunday last week so you threw up a twitter poll <laughs> i wasn't butthurt go for it what was the twitter <laughs> poll? well the, tw- the it was just a, it was just a question of of you know 
Um, we because you know the Steelers and the Chiefs are the top two teams in the in the AFC, and you know both of them have a respectable amount of weapons. So I so I just put up the Twitter poll: who has the better collection of weapons for the Steelers? We obviously have Connor Smith, Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, James Washington, Eric Ebron. That's not a bad collection because all of them get targeted, all of them have touchdowns. Um, and, and then for the Chiefs, you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell, Tyree Kill, Michael Hardman, Sammy Watkins, and Travis Kelsey. And you can you can even put um, Robinson in in that conversation too because Demarcus Robinson is getting consistent target share. So you know, so you know, so the question was just you know who has the better set of weapons? And 115 people voted. So thank you for coming out to the polls. And and the then the results were resounding. It was 14 it, of those were uh, Steve's burner accounts. No, no. If it was a if, mm, okay, okay. So talking about real news here. Talking about real news here. Where, um, it was a resounding win for the Chiefs, 65.2% to the Steelers, 34.8%. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about that. That's <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. Twitter got this one wrong, and, and that happens sometimes. Um, wait, did you, you wait, wait, did you vote for the did you vote for the Steelers having the better weapons? Oh, absolutely. No, 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 no. Chiefs. Oh, okay. Because I was about to say, you know, the, the results. Are, um, I just read you the results. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 I read the results wrong. Okay. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, what, what we're talking about here, and if you want to know who's got the better weapons, okay, drop Andy Dalton in that quarterback and see what the Steelers have. They have nothing. Mm. The Chiefs still have Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, <laughs> Tyreek Hill, and McCall right. Hartman. I mean, people people are not happy with Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year. Like, I, he's fantasy not what he's to do the 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 thing is the blessing and the curse is that he's playing on a team with a quarterback who doesn't need him there. Mm-hmm. Asked for my name, apparently, but they, they but that's not the team. Hold, they hold, 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 hold up, because because remember remember a couple of years ago when um, when Tom Brady had virtually no running game and he got the team to the AFC Championship and people were like, oh, he doesn't need a run game. He does. He uses all the screen passes. He he doesn't need a run game. And then they got blown up by the Broncos in Peyton yes. Manning's last run. Like, mm-mm, mm-mm, I don't buy there that. Two games that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got over twenty rushes. 25 for 138 in a touchdown, 26 mm-hmm. for 161. So I need to know if the volume is there, he will produce the last three games, eight, six, five. Those are the number of rushes against Denver, the jets and Carolina. So Yeesh. I mean, that's, it's just a game script thing. And I think what, it's what's, his, what's his, what's his past. Um, what, what's his target um, share been like? Very low. Yeah. Five, three, four, four, eight, three, six, eight, two. Um, he, yeah, he needs more targets. Yeah, that's it. That's the it. Kid, he more targets. And when they come, he will be there, and I will be there for it. And he will be going in the third round next year, which mm-hmm. I will be all over. Steve, do you have any last words for us today? Well, I I just have one more question, and you know, this is something that you and I have been talking about privately, and you know, I just think that this is something that we should just bring up. You know, it, it, because Juju, because Juju, uh, you know, has been has had kind of an up and down season. But when I looked and when I went back and I looked at the math, he's actually been pretty consistent. Do you re- do, do you believe that Juju is a viable fantasy option going forward? Yes, of course. OK. All right. Yeah. Because, um, you know, people have been ragging on, you know, the whole, oh, he's not he's not great anymore. Well, he's he's had mean- three weeks in a row now and, and two is a pattern. Three is a trend. 
Well, hold on, because the because the first couple of weeks of the season, he also he also had some good um some good fantasy output. He had one good fantasy game. No, week he had two. He had week week one and week two, and actually and actually week three, um, where he had over ten points in all three of those games. Over ten points is not what you drafted Juju Smith-Schuster to do. Okay, that's a fair argument. All right, so. Hopefully moving forward against Tennessee, Baltimore, Dallas. He had some opponents in there. Um, since he's going to be a shootout, then they get Jacksonville, uh, which doesn't look good. But Baltimore, he just did all right against. So who the heck knows? Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> he was the reason out. why they won Baltimore. <laughs> Have a great week, guys. Thank you for joining us at i80 Sports. 